In Britain today, there are now over twice as many private security workers as there are police officers. As police numbers across the nation fall, the fear of crime has grown. It's more of a deterrent. I know some people who've got firearm. So the private security industry is booming. The last 12 to 18 months, we have literally doubled our turnover. Private security companies are on the streets of Britain 24-7. You don't get the bobbies on the streets. You haven't got the, you know, the police boxes and the blokes running around with whistles anymore. No longer the preserve of the rich and famous. She's asked me nicely not to let any of Sorry, sir. They aim to secure our workplaces. Until the tackle of crime, there's a need for CCTV everywhere. To protect our homes. My main concern is purely for my wife and daughter. And that's it. End of story. And keep our leisure time trouble-free. I don't need that action, I don't need that action. It's an industry of people risking their lives to keep us safe. This is private security. It's a summer Saturday evening in Kent. Sid Aurora is about to begin work. He started in the private security business 23 years ago and now runs his own firm. I moved up from West London into East London and I was just working in a, a chip shop and places like that. Well, opposite me was a pub which was um, a little rough. You had a few characters in there. One of them came into the chip shop and started trouble. I ended up having a row with him and the next thing the landlord of the pub was asking me to work for him. Uh, that got me into the pub industry and from there it led on to pubs, clubs, working the doors um, and it all increased up from there really. Tonight, Sid is in charge of a team of 12 as they provide security at a boxing event. Events like these rely on private companies to provide security, overseeing the safety of the crowd as well as preventing and dealing with any trouble. You're not a funny bloke, are you? <laughs> Tonight's entertainment features eight boats and plenty of booze. It's a toxic cocktail that Sid knows well. You've got the alcohol being served, you've got groups of people cheering each other on, so it's that atmosphere that can't fight. Um, so it's all about keeping it on it, getting right in there when something happens, splitting it up and sorting it out. Sid's keeping a sharp eye on one punter who's already been asked twice to stop standing up and blocking the view. So when he stands up again, it's time to take action. Hey, come here. We just want to have a little nice fucking chat, you know what I mean? Come here. But listen, I'm trying to be reasonable, right? At the end of the day, bruv, if you ain't going to listen to me, all that's going to happen is you get it chucked out. You ain't going to see none of your mates, right? Be my boy, isn't it? What you're doing oh. is you're jumping up, you're going to the ring, you're getting all up. You don't need to do that. Bruv, you can sit there and you can cheer them on and all that, you know what I mean? But you can't start jumping up, bruv. Yeah? With the man refusing to respond to diplomacy, Sid has to find another way to resolve the situation. I've got it, right? When he comes back, unless he's calmed down, he ain't coming in. So I'm going to get another guy with you, I'm going to have you inside, all right? 
Right, I'm telling you now, you ain't coming back in. You're taking a piss. Oh, yeah? Listen to me now, yeah? I walked away, yeah, because everyone's getting lemon. They're getting lemon because you ain't listening. No, and I walk, try to be no, polite to you. I walked away, yeah, because I fully respect you and your first. If you respect me, then you would listen to what I said. I, I did, I yeah? walked away, didn't I? <laughs> you want to watch the fighters? Yeah, but I'm bro. So why have we got to talk to you three times then, mate? Because you lot are coming up to me three times, innit? Because you ain't behaving three times, innit? Bruv, I told you, yeah? I said, you only have to come and see one time, innit, yeah? And then you did it a second, and then you did it a third, and box. then your mate was about to fight you, Fucking because... Mate, you, well, this is what I mean! No, I don't mate. need that attitude, bro. I you, don't mate. need that attitude! What's your name, bro? Chris, they call Chris, me, they call I'm Phil. No, my name's Phil. Oh, I'm Phil. I'm Phil. Come here, bro. Shame on you. Bro, I'm not interested. I'm not interested because I don't know about you. You don't know about me. That no, don't no, mean nothing to me, no, bro. No, 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 no. Oh, right. It don't mean nothing. Yeah, I'm shaking your hand. A resolution reached. Sid allows Chris, or villain, to return to the night's entertainment. No, he's all right now. He's all chill. Where's the picture at? Take a picture. Cool. There you go. Boss, I love you. You know that. He went up and down from being calm to being Larry again to being calm. So, as I say, the last resort is to get physical. So I'll keep talking until I've got no other option. And then, if so, we would have had to restrain him and take him outside. But this is what these people do. They get so hyped up, they get taken out, and they miss their own friend fighting. So, there you go. Over 340,000 people in Britain have a private security licence. Over half of these are licensed, like Sid, to work the doors. Tom Wood Hume, a former professional rugby player, has been working as a doorman in the nightclubs of Liverpool for three years. But now he wants to retrain for his close protection licence. He's a man with ambition. He's aiming to reach the pinnacle to be a bodyguard, where instead of earning little more than minimum wage as a doorman, he could earn over £250 a day, travelling the world protecting the rich and famous. I do believe that I have got what it takes. Like, I really, really want to do this more than anything. But that's just me. That's not everybody else. Some people might like being a security guard or like being a doorman. I was one for that. I loved it for the first three months, but... But now I really want to better myself and I want to be a bodyguard, I want to be in close protection. I started rugby when I was eight, my granddad got me into it. And then when I was 15, signed for witness on a professional contract. And then sadly I had a bad, bad knee injury. And then that happened several times on my comebacks, etc. I had a bit of trouble with my now ex-girlfriend and uh, who we had two children with. And then ended up going through a real bad, dark spell in my life. Um, ended up trying to take my life. It's a bit heavy, but that's that's how it was. And uh, I wasn't I wasn't very good at all. I was really really depressed. And then I obviously had a lot of help from my now girlfriend. She really helped me through that. It's been like quite progressional though. You know, over time, it's not been oh here's here's where he's changed. It's been like the past nearly two years. When I first met him, he was really, really depressed, really low, like, no, you don't mind me saying, but like nearly suicidal, you know, quite bad. And then as time's gone on, 
it's he's kind of sort of got, got a little bit more help he's been to a counselor as well which has you know really helped him quite a bit and since that that changed his mind frame so as we like we were saying before that he used to think things were quite dramatic like if he'd get up 10 minutes late for work it'd be like the whole day would be ruined whereas now he's just like right okay well you know just get on with it kind of thing mm. I want him to go and do the dream that he wants to do, the, you know, the, the life goal that he wants, the career that he wants. If that is in this industry, then that's what he wants to do. So I'll just support him all the way and just pray that he doesn't end up in a situation where he might be at gunpoint. An attempted burglary happens every 45 seconds somewhere in the UK. Increasingly, those who can afford it are turning to private security to find protection. North London homeowners can pay up to £2,000 a year to hire the services of ProForce One, a company owned and run by Dave Jordan. So where are we going to go today? We're going to go around Hadley Wood. We've got several houses over there um, that join up a subscription to us, a yearly subscription, so we, we, we patrol the area 24 hours a day, got vehicles in the area and uh, attend to alarms and uh, any emergency responses that they have. We've got over 40 staff working for us currently and our operation runs North London, Hertfordshire. We've got a fleet of vehicles we can call upon, including marked, unmarked. We've even got armoured proofed vehicle as well. This is Hadley Wood, Hertfordshire. I believe it's the second richest road in the UK. There's all sorts of uh, well-to-do people up here. You know, CEOs, business people high-end doctors. We've got several houses around this area. We respond to the alarms. The alarms come directly to us and our officers will attend uh, within our response time, which is three to five minutes. Since Dave began his patrol six years ago, not one of his clients' properties have been broken into. I'm just going to go and check that skip lorry because that's on one of our clients' drives. phone help. Hey. The following are examples of commonly used commands. Phone dial number. <laughs> this has never <laughs> spoken to me before in its life. What, what is it speaking to? I haven't got a clue. Yeah. Yeah. Another property on Dave's patrol is Johnny Groman's. He subscribed to Dave's service shortly after one of his business premises was raided by thieves. Do you want to go and see your bedroom? Yeah. Being broken into is not a nice thing. I want to see my playroom. You want to see your playroom? I was on holiday at the time and I'm looking on my camera, on my phone, and I'm watching these people do it there and then at 9.15 in the morning and I'm on the balcony in the Canary Islands. It wasn't nice. Uh, it was probably one of the worst things that I think that's ever happened to me, to be honest with you. What's there? Exactly. As well as incorporating a sophisticated CCTV and alarm system into his newly renovated house, Johnny employs Dave to provide 24-hour alarm response and regular neighbourhood patrols. Mummy's office is there. 
you see the car in the mornings, they'll give you a hoot, and, or you give them a hoot, and they'll give you a flash, or put the sirens on. If there's a problem, I call them up. I had something the other night. I thought I saw something. One of my sensors went off in one of my warehouses, and the guys were there in minutes. And I'm watching them on my, on my phone, mm -hmm. on the camera, and they were there in minutes, and that's what you want. Over the past five years, government cuts mean police officer numbers have fallen by 16,000 across the UK. Private security firms like Dave Jordan's are filling the gap, providing paying clients with a reassuringly visible presence on the streets. Visual deterrent is what we base ourselves on. That's why the vehicles are sort of loudly liveried, um, you know, the uniforms stand out. We make a noise. When, when we're in the area, um, you know, and, it, and it does work. What you will find is um, people driving up the other way on their phones and stuff. They see these vehicles coming and they suddenly drop their phones, put their seat belts on and start behaving themselves as well. What sort of interaction do you have with the police? I think when we first came to the area, there was a little bit of, um, you know, we were pulled over quite a few times and we were asked, you know, lots of questions. Um, now, now, to be honest, the police wave at us, we wave at them. If we get any information, we'll share it with them. You know, policing's moved on. You don't get the bobbies on the streets. You haven't got the, you know, the police boxes and the blokes running around with whistles anymore. But, for our point of view, we are, you know, we're boots on the ground 24 hours a day and we're eyes and ears as well. Hello, Mummy. Um, can I, can I go ahead and jump and... Hold your hand. My main concern is purely for my wife and daughter, and that's it, end of story. Really? Yeah. I mean, they even do trackers as well, so if my wife is ever, ever in distress, she can press a button and they'll find her. You know, it, it makes me feel comfortable. Yeah, but the police can't do what they used to do. I think everyone's got this perception that the police are there in the past, you know, two guys walking around. It's not like that anymore. Things have moved on. It's a different world out there now. So, you know, unfortunately, there is a gap in the market and I think it's being filled. Unlike the police force, the frontline private security industry is steadily growing. Almost 60,000 people have qualified for new licenses in the last five years. I've been watching The Bodyguard for a very long time now. It's one of them films that when it's on, I will always watch it. And I think the first time I watched it, I was about 15, and I thought, what can he do that I can't? How good's that? How good is what you do? I want to be that. So, yeah, I can't say that it wasn't Kevin Costner doing Bodyguard. It, it, it's been an influence, definitely. <laughs> In a few days, Tom will be flying out to the Czech Republic to take a close protection course. It's costing him almost £3,000. I'd like to think that I wasn't nervous, but I think I am deep down. You know, I've not really been away from my son or my girlfriend for longer than three days when I went Benidorm on a stag do with the lads. But uh, it's probably going to hit me on the way down there in the car with her. I've told her to not bring my son. I, I, I just won't end up going, I don't think. Just don't want to get injured or anything like that, because obviously it's 25 days intensive. If I get injured, it might scupper the whole thing for me. And this is the last piece of the puzzle. Don't want to be losing that now, do I? <laughs> so how did you afford the funds to pay for the course? Oh, you're not going to like this one. Um, me and the missus been planning a wedding. Um, I had to discuss it with her. 
told her it is what I want to do and she said if it's your dream then we can pull that off for a little bit. You can use the wedding fund. When the time's right, we'll get married. But the time's right now for me to become a bodyguard. Sid Aurora has seen many security men come and go over the years. He knows what attributes are needed for a successful career in the industry. Good people skills, I would say, is more important than anything else. You know, in most occasions, it's going to be a thing of um, either talking to you, trying to calm a situation down. If I think it's getting too heavy and physical, I will restrain you and put you down. But if you pull a weapon on me, I'm going to take you out straight away. And that's not trying to be a big man. It's just the way it is to protect yourself. And in the eyes of a law, uh, it's reasonable force. Tonight, he's helping his old mentor, Fitzroy, at a nightclub in North London. We met probably about 17, 18 years ago. Worked some rough places, worked some really good places. Um, yeah, and the friendship just built and built from there, really. We've had guns brought down for us. All we've had... Bottles in the back of the head. Bottles in the back of the heads, yeah. Um, we had a guy being chased into our club with a knife, uh, and we had to pull him into the corner. Um, so, yeah, knives, guns. Uh, and back in the day, they used to have uh, acid in bottles. Uh, which they'd spray on you. Give me a quick search, please. All right. There's been a lot of changes. 20 years back, there was no licences. You had a lot of tough people, a lot of people who had maybe criminal records or were known as tough guys and they were on the door. So they changed it, they checked it into your criminal record background and tried to get a different type of character on the door. There's always a lot of respect in this game and there's a lot of respect for your elders as well. And as new people come into the game, the elders sort of teach them the ways. And with Fitzroy, he taught me a lot of the ways. And at his age, there's always something to learn. Crime costs UK businesses over half a billion pounds a year. Many business owners take security into their own hands, investing in CCTV cameras and intruder alarms, contributing to an industry worth over two billion pounds annually. In Middlesbrough, thieves recently forced their way into this takeaway pizza parlour. The owner has asked us not to show his face. Both my neighbours have been broken into. There's a lady a few shops down. She's been broken into three, four, five times. The break-in now was early hours of the morning. We got a phone call. When I walked inside, I could see like things on the floor and everything. And I look in and I realised someone's came through the roof. Uh, I thought I had good security. Well, they showed us all the weak points in the security system, all the flaws. We did have an eight camera system and some of the areas where he was, they were blind spots. So we doubled them up and now we don't have any blind spots. And the outside cameras are all infrared now as well. Our national obsession with security means that there are almost five million CCTV cameras in Britain, and 98% of these are privately owned. I know in some places where some people say, oh, it's no good, it's an invasion of privacy. At the same time, if there's a crime committed, they're more likely to catch a person via CCTV. If there's an incident, 
police who come to local businesses and they ask for your footage. The bottom line is, it's all down to the crime rate. If people are complaining about, you know, there's no privacy invasion or whatever, but until they tackle a crime, there's a need for CCTV everywhere. Despite never having been broken into at his home, Imran's fear of crime has a big impact on his family's life. Town centre, so you get a lot of drugs, a lot of drug abuses, things like that. When uh, I'm out, uh, the family, we don't open the door for anybody we don't know. Our family members, obviously, we know and recognise, and if there's anybody who's coming to see me, they've made an appointment prior to that. So, uh, yeah, they're told not to open the door. We don't leave the homes empty anymore. We always leave somebody at home. Because you get, like, um, opportunists, them sort of burglars, even the alarm's on, they'll just break the door in, go in, grab stuff straight out. There's very little the police can do. I don't think they've got the manpower. It's highly unlikely you're going to catch someone, and if they do, you're not going to get your money back, are you? They've spent that for a good time. Sounds like you don't have much faith in the police. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> My brother does say I'm paranoid, but uh, I don't think I'm that paranoid. I'm just cautious. What do they say? It's best to be safe than sorry. It's more of a deterrent. I know some people who've got a uh, firearm. I mean, I definitely think about getting a firearm. Obviously, you need a special licence for one. And again, purely we for hunting purposes only, nothing more. But it acts as a deterrent if people know you've got a, a, you know, a firearm in the property. Out in the Czech Republic, Tom's bodyguarding course is now well underway. As the industry grows, ambitious security men like Tom and his six fellow would-be Kevin Costners are looking to get ahead by learning the extra skills that close protection training gives. He's been shown how to prevent attacks on the red carpet. He's learning advanced driving techniques. Fucking scout house. He's learning how to use a handgun. And every day, he's having the ordeal of a gruelling fitness regime. The number of qualified bodyguards is growing rapidly, having doubled in the last five years. And if Tom passes, he'll join the ranks of nearly 14,000 in the UK alone, licensed by the SIA, the Security Industry Authority. The man responsible for training Tom to SIA standard is former Royal Marine Commando, Jamie Painter. Biggest misconception for our industry is people come on the course and they think they're going to get issued a pair of sunglasses, a curly-whirly earpiece, and they're going to be walking about, you know, looking cool in their suit. And actually, when you actually remind them of what this job is at its most fundamental level, you are prepared to put yourself in harm's way on someone else's behalf for, you know, financial reward. It's easy now to get an SIA license. It's not a problem. I can pretty much train anyone to pass the SIA criteria. Training someone to be good at this job and someone that I would trust to keep another human being safe anywhere in the world is a much bigger ask. 
I get a lot of CVs from guys that I wouldn't employ to stack shelves in a supermarket, let alone look after another person. Uh, so it is a pass or fail course. It's not a pay your money and you get a tick in the box regardless. Um, and there are people that have, you know, haven't made the grade, unfortunately. Police forces across the country are having to look for ways to adapt to the cuts. Lincolnshire Police Force has had to lose almost 10% of its police officers over the past five years. And so it's now turning to private security. In Spalding, Julian Davis is just beginning his shift. He worked in the police for 30 years, but recently joined a private security company. I think morale, from what I've seen in the police and when I left the police, is low, probably at an all-time low. And there's more and more demand on the police, together with further cuts and staffing. Um, so it is a very, very difficult environment to work in, sort of policing at the moment, I think. And they still do a brilliant job. But it's harder and harder every year, the reducing numbers. It's not a great time for the police. G4S is the biggest security company in the world. It accounts for almost a quarter of the entire UK private security industry. The company has signed a unique 10-year, £200 million contract with Lincolnshire Police Force to provide support services. One of these is the Street to Suite service, a mobile custody van. Our role is to um, escort arrested prisoners. If the police go to the scene and arrest somebody for whatever reason, we'll turn up, we'll give them some paperwork, they'll write down the grounds for the arrest, the reason why they've arrested that person, and then we'll drive them to the nearest custody suite. We'll hand over the paperwork to the sergeant and um, they'll get booked in as normal as if the police officer was there. And it just means then that the bobby can stay out on the street. The police have called Julian to attend the scene of suspected domestic violence. Uh, the report of somebody with a knife in this road. The police have already arrived. They've got somebody de detained and they're talking to them. So we'll just see how it develops, really. Uh, and we're here if somebody gets arrested. The police do make an arrest. Calm down. <laughs> Has he got any injuries himself? They hand the man over to Julian and his colleague Emily to transport to the police station. I'm going to look after you, yes? Has he been all right, or has he been...? He's quite volatile, to be honest. Yeah. Stand up, and I'm going to just check your pockets and put, the, put you your property... Put pockets? You put it in here for me. We're not the police, and we make it very clear to them. When they come on board, we tell them straight away that we're G4S, we're not the police, because sometimes they're confused because the, the attire we wear is very police-like. Right. right, I'm going to put these on, loose. Sometimes it diffuses the situation because, you know, we're not the bad guys. We haven't detained them, we've not arrested them. We're there to look after them. Um, and that sometimes calms them down because they can come in screaming and fighting and not happy at all. And, you know, we've got to look after them. OK, I'm going to put you in here. No. Not for long. And I'm going to take you to Boston, OK? The young man has been arrested for breach of the peace. Um, he's clearly quite upset. Um, he's been searched, he's been put in one of the cells. We're now monitoring on the CCTV here as well, and we're monitoring all the way back. Police officers just filling out the arrest sheet. 
and we'll hand that in to um, Boston Custody when we arrive with the, uh, the young man. They can then resume p patrol or even if they need to take statements, unlikely for a breach of the peace, so they can go back straight out and, uh, and continue patrolling. G4S claims the Street to Suite service has saved over 3,000 hours of police time in its first two years of operation. In the Czech Republic, Tom is now reaching the dramatic climax of his intensive bodyguarding course. It's a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. It's been the hardest thing I've ever done, ever. Both mentally and physically. <laughs> well out of my comfort zone. How <laughs> you feeling? Good. It shows you worked hard. Give some water. It changes your mentality and everything. You sort of grind you down to build you up. Well done. Tom is what I'd definitely describe as a rough diamond. He's got a lot of potential. Tom! Bit of work to do there. I know you struggle with the kind of homesick element, but this is a sort of course where people are asked to confront their weaknesses. And certainly for Tom, he's been tested way past his limits. Good. Go on, keep going, keep going. It's a career, it's not a job. That's how I'm viewing it. And I'm only three days away from the beginning of what's to be a long career, it's, it's good, it's, it's a good feeling. Come on, Tom, you can do this. Providing everything goes swinging in the next few days, because it's, it's not going to be easy. I know that for a fact. The last three days are the final examination. Tom needs to pass this to get his SIA licence and qualify as a bodyguard. Right, you guys ready for this? This is Mr Charles Scott, rated as one of the wealthiest people in the world. Mr. Scott has approached us because a threat has been uncovered to two of his daughters. Echo one is Miss Catherine Scott. Echo two is Miss Alison Scott. We have selected you six as a team to keep the Scott girls safe during their upcoming trip to Eastern Europe. Although the heiresses are going to be played by actors, in all other ways, Jamie will make the exercise as real as he possibly can. As far as the guys are concerned, as far as any members of the public are concerned, this is a live operation and it'll be treated accordingly. OK, this job needs to be good. This is the culmination, lads, of everything you've been taught. Most of the trainees have military backgrounds, but Tom's only experience is manning the doors of Liverpool nightclubs, so Jamie knows that for him, this might be a bit of a challenge. He's a long way from being the finished item. He's a big guy, you know, 20 stone, tattoos, full sleeves. He's a bit rough and ready. He comes across quite abrupt, and the way he speaks can be quite aggressive. Who's having one? Paul. Jono. He's never been in this kind of five-star environment. And so for him, I think, dealing with high net worths who have got a certain expectation on appearance and social etiquette and things like that, that's probably where he's going to struggle, and that's what I'm most going to be looking at for Tom. In Stoke-on-Trent, CBI security is run by Naj Hussain. I was born and bred in Stoke. I'm a Stokey. Um, it's obviously just like everywhere in the UK. You have your good areas, you have your bad areas. 
personally what I would say from a security aspect is more antisocial behaviour that we come across and uh, I think a root of a lot of the problems is alcohol. Um, people having alcohol, whether it's teenagers or even adults, is alcohol-fuelled crime. Nadj and his team are providing security for a boxing night in Stoke. It's a night of social alcohol and social violence with potentially anti-social consequences. What we've got now is a fight on with two local guys. Uh, they've both got a big following. It's going to get loud, it's going to get rowdy. The fight ends controversially, and some of the crowd aren't very happy. In the aftermath, an argument breaks out between some women. Nadge and some of his team have to step in. Just rimming as always. A little uh, incident between some ladies, some comments got exchanged, and obviously one day like the, what the other said, so obviously just things like that you have to keep an eye out for. But they all calmed down now, we had a weird and they've calmed me down and they've gone their own way, so, so far so good. Plenty left yet. Come on ladies, take a seat please. But the lady in the blue dress looks like she might be about to cause Tony, trouble. Take it straight out of the fight exit. Take, take it out, Connor. Just get rid of it. Take it out. Nadge wants to quietly remove her from the building to avoid triggering other trouble. But it's too late. Once she's out of the building on the street, she'll be the responsibility of the police, not Nadge. But she won't leave until she's reunited with her handbag. There you go. Another argument has started in the entrance hall and it's drawing a large crowd of onlookers. It's there once one person's seen, or rather they've seen something going on. Everybody wants to have a go now. Again, they try and remove the troublemaker from the building. The trouble is still continuing on the street. But there, authority is passed to the local police. The police have been called, um, but in the meantime, until they come, we've got to just make sure that they can't come back in and uh, don't try to come back in, which they are at the moment. I need all security to the front door, all security to the front door. A fight starts round the corner. In the process, one of Nadge's team is injured. 
I need all security outside to the front door. I need all security outside, outside, outside. The police arrive to take care of the situation on the street. Nadge takes his team inside to assess the extent of his guard's injuries. We put our body on the line to make sure everybody else is safe. So obviously somebody who's fighting, they've stepped in to break that up to make sure they're all right. And then obviously somebody's assaulted the, the door staff um, and obviously he, he's got it then. Ultimately, our duty or jurisdiction stops at the end of the door. But as humans as well, and models, you can't just stand there and let somebody get hit at the same time. So and that's what we were doing and that's what the guys were doing at the time. And obviously one of them's got assaulted in between that. Are you, are you going to go to the hospital? Uh, I am, yeah, I'm just going to sort all the team out and uh, then head straight up to the hospital and see, see my colleague and my friend. On the streets of Prague, planning is complete. The two OSs have landed at the airport and Jamie is waiting for Tom and the team to deliver them safely to the hotel. This is where everything they've learned will be put to the test. The drop-off goes smoothly, and Tom's next duty is to escort the clients on a discreet shopping trip around Prague's exclusive designer stores. But Jamie has a challenge awaiting, a paparazzi photographer intent on taking pictures of Tom's client. Yeah, Alison, can I get a photo with you? I'm going to check out. Oh, looking gorgeous, looking gorgeous. Yeah, can I get something for my blog as well? Yeah. Fantastic. Is there any problems with today? Uh, just a bit of shopping. A bit of shopping? Yeah. You look absolutely yeah. stunning. Do you normally dress up for shopping? Yes, I do. Dress yeah. up every day. Their brief is that there wasn't to be too much unofficial photography. However, the client was obviously happy with it. So Tom, rather than being heavy-handed, was prepared to step back and, you know, let the client do what she wanted to do, which is great. Scott, would you like me to keep hold of your bottle of water or get rid of it? Um, no, you can get rid of that now, actually. Girls, girls, over here. Get a smile. Jamie sends the photographer back in, and this time the girls don't want to be photographed. No more photos, get rid of them. Cheers, lads. Nice one. So she's asked me nicely not to let any of that today. Sorry, sir. Sorry, sir. Just guiding you away. Nikolai, get rid Nikolai, stay with him, mate. Stay with him. He's not following us. Don't let him follow us. Walking through the square was pretty good. What I wasn't so happy about was the way they dealt with like the uh, the paparazzi um, guy walking along. I hate the kind of big hand up. It always looks bad news in the uh, in the papers the following day. From fending off paparazzi through to door work, private security workers must always be aware of what they are and what they aren't allowed to do. This becomes especially important as private security workers are increasingly in roles formerly done by the police. You see he keeps his phone down his pants. Julian and Emily are on patrol for G4S in Spalding. A report comes in of criminal damage to the house of an 83-year-old woman. And Julian moves the van to where the suspect was last seen. He sees a man in the grounds of a nearby community centre 
and radios the police. Bravo Golf 99, Bravo Golf 99. Straight down the drive, about 100 metres in front of you. Bobble hat. Bravo Golf 99, um, one person detained. You're right, chaps. Yeah, thank you. Need help. Uh, Come on. There you go. Uh, All right, just stand in the corner there for me. There you go, buddy. With Julian taking care of the suspect, the police officers gather evidence of damage at the community centre. They decide to arrest the man in the Santa hat, something Julian cannot do. All right, okay. The difficulty is with powers of arrest, as a, as a normal citizen, and that's what I am, uh, you have to see the crime being committed and see that person commit the crime to have a citizen's power of arrest, whereas a police officer can suspect a crime has been committed and suspect that that person is responsible. So all I've seen is a male there potentially involved. I didn't personally see him commit a crime. I see him, he runs off, clearly him, and when I was a police officer, I'd have gave, given chase and arrested him. But as a member of the public, I don't have a power to arrest that person. Right, just stand on the yellow line and just face the sergeant there. Julian takes the man to the police station, where he'll stay the night before being questioned in the morning. He's been uh, absolutely good as gold, Sergeant. He's all right to take his cuffs yeah, off. Fine, there you go. It allows the police to do what they want to do, and that's take the public, fight crime, detect crime, and if they're tucked up in custody for two, three, four hours, it's frustrating for them because they want to be out there. So it relieves them. We're stuck in custody. They're out there. In Prague, it's the last day of Tom's bodyguarding course, and the final assessment is taking a new twist. The team have been told that there has been a threat to kidnap the two heiresses. Due to that information coming to light, we are now going to raise the threat level, and you're going to be carrying for the remainder of this task. OK? I've got weapons here for you. You've each got a Glock and uh, two magazines. OK, just put them on the bed or on the floor. OK, the weapons haven't been cleared, lads. Safe direction before you start clearing weapons, please. The guns are real, but the ammunition is blank. Be very, very aware, moving around town, in and out of cars, about showing out with these weapons. You do have permits, however, let's not cause a uh, scene. It's nerve-wracking. It's our first time carrying a live weapon on task. You don't really want the draw too much attention to yourself then with the public, so just got to keep it con concealed under, under there, so. Tom and the team are taking their clients to see a disused factory site.
As far as the guys are concerned, it's a um, abandoned factory that the girls are looking at to purchase for redevelopment. What they don't know is they've been under surveillance and the uh, enemy kidnap team have made it to the site. Um, we're going to get tooled up, switch to our alter egos as uh, Chechen criminals and then put in, a, uh, put in a nice little ambush on the guys. This is a quite extreme scenario that they're going into now. These events do unfortunately happen and not just in the kind of traditional environments of, you know, the Middle East and South America, but, you know, they can potentially happen on the streets of London. Remember, though, the next time you're in that situation, potentially the bullets won't be blanks, and the person that is pretending to kill you will actually be trying to kill you. This job we've chosen, and this path we put ourselves on, is going to put you in harm's way. That's the nature of this job. So everything I've shown you, it's been shown you for a reason, and it's there to make you someone that is capable of keeping someone else alive. What I'm going to do now is hand you some certificates. Okay, first up then, Tom. Tom excelled on the ground and he showed a natural ability from going from being very worried about him at the beginning of the course and wondering if he would even pass to now contemplating the fact that he's going to pass with a merit, I think says a lot about him and, um, yeah, and his natural ability. And I think anyone that has Tom looking after them is going to be in very, very safe hands. Cheers, mate. It's been the hardest 25 days of my life bar none, but now I've got my qualification, I'm ready to go out on foot and, and actually do the job. So yeah, it's, it's, it's been a massive achievement for me, this. in a certain industry, that's what you're used to. Um, you know, people say, well, you're putting yourself in, in the line of danger and all that, but you could do that in any job. You could work on a, on a crane and be in danger. Um, so it's what you're used to. Um, it's in the blood. It's what, what you become, really.
people like to see the police walking the streets and if they want to see that they need to accept the private sector and they need to allow the, the private sectors to do some of the roles that historically were the police's roles to allow the police then to do what they want to do and what they need to be doing. I love the roads, love the area, love the people. I you know, much prefer this. I feel it feels more um, like you're sort of doing something you know, very proactive. It's a great job, it really is. Mind you, I would say that I own the company. 